Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome Alan Cash. Then we did the old frog legs experiment where you, you know, you electrify the muscle and it, and you do that over and over and over again to the single muscle cell and you can plot the force versus time. And, and for a while it, it, it just does the same thing. But then after a certain amount of time, the amount of force drops off and that's when the muscle goes into fatigue. And interestingly, if we add oxaloacetate to the solution, we can make that muscle go into fatigue about 10% later. Now, you know, you think 10%, you know, that's not that much, but if you're in an athletic competition that is usually determined by less than a half a percent between the participants, especially at the very highest levels, a 10% increase in endurance is huge. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. Today, we welcome Alan Cash who's an amazing researcher, who's really going to take a deep dive into oxaloacetate. Chances are you might have not heard of this molecule, but you're going to understand why it's important for cellular health, for the mitochondria, and how this molecule mimics caloric restriction. One thing we know from years of research is this. If you want to extend your lifespan, eat less. But there's a problem with cutting calories your metabolism matches the food coming in, the energy coming in. That's why intermittent fasting is so important because you eat less by eating less often. And we talk a lot about that feast-famine cycling. But the cool thing about oxaloacetate is this. It actually mimics caloric restriction. It's part of the Krebs cycle, and it activates AMPK, which is the sensor in your body, which then stimulates autophagy. This means you could enhance your autophagy and fasting results or get the benefits of autophagy without actually having to fast too much. He's going to get into his backstory and how he discovered this incredible molecule. It's a very interesting backstory, how he went to some of the most prestigious doctors and researchers and started doing experiments on acceloacetate on worms and different animals and then eventually doing a whole bunch of clinical trials on humans, which he's going to share you're going to learn about NAD and why it's important to change the ratio of NAD to NADH. 
you're going to learn how oxaloacetate is a signaling molecule which changes your metabolism and can actually help with the Warburg effect, which is something that contributes to cancer growth. You'll learn how this molecule helps with brain fog, with PMS. This is a cool topic we got into because if you follow my work, if you read my book, KetoFlex, especially chapter 12, there is an entire chapter in the book on how to do keto and intermittent fasting for menstruating women. And you should definitely do it different than postmenopausal women or even men because you have a 28-day hormonal cycle. And for so many years, you know, Dr. Pampa, Dr. Mindy, Pels, and uh, the group of doctors I work with, we've been telling our clients and our patients, hey, the week before your period, we've noticed some changes with your hormones. And it's probably not a good idea to excessively fast and stay in ketosis. The innate intelligence is telling the body to get hormones converted, estrogen, progesterone, and you do that with healthy insulin spikes. But something else that I learned through Alan Cash, he's going to share this on today's episode, is part of the reason why women crave chocolate and carbs the week before their period. Yeah, it's also because they want to build progesterone, but also there's a drop in glucose in the cerebellum during that week. And that's a part of the brain, the back of the brain. And when you increase oxaloacetate and or increase healthy carbs that week, you get glucose to the brain. And he's going to reference a clinical study at UCLA that did brain scans on women who had PMS versus those who didn't. And the contributing factor there was, were they getting enough glucose to the cerebellum? He has also created a couple of products, which he's going to reference and share on today's episode. Benagene, which is the first stable way he stabilized oxaloacetate to be used orally through supplementation. His product's called Benagene. And another product called Jubilance, which is primarily for PMS support. And he's going to talk about both of them. He's going to get into the science. He's going to share some really incredible clinical research. He's fun. He's got a great attitude, enthusiasm, and he explains it in a great way. And uh, he's, he's just doing some awesome work. I was just blown away by this conversation. If you want to get those products that we were going to cover on today's episode, you could find them over at ketocampsupplements.com. Camp is spelled with a K, ketocampsupplements.com. We'll drop a link for that down below as well. Just click it and you could search for both Jubilance and Benagene in that link down below in the podcast notes. Hey, before I bring on Alan Cash, I want to quickly get to today's rating and review of the day. This five-star review comes from DL Mole, titled Awesome Podcast. Ben always has amazing guests on his shows. He is always well-prepared with intelligent questions and can converse with his guest well. I've been keto for five years, but I've always learned something new from this podcast. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for the acknowledgement. I do a really good job, I believe, of preparing and researching for every guest to make sure we maximize every conversation to deliver the science, but also deliver it in a way where it makes sense, where it's practical, where you could apply it and you could change your life. So thank you so much for listening. Congrats on doing keto for five years. Keep crushing it and keep listening, keep tuning in. If you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcast or whatever podcast platform you're listening to, please do so right now. It really helps. And hey, maybe I'll read your name and review on the next episode. I want to remind you that every podcast is also released on our YouTube channel with the video format. We do a great job with the video edits, with timestamps and blocks and all that. It looks super cool. You can find that and you can watch the video interview of this interview and every other interview we've done 
on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash keto camp. We'll drop a link down below for you. There is a science to keto and there's a lot of science to the benefits of a ketogenic lifestyle and what ketones do to raise your basal metabolic rate, lower insulin, lower glucose, lower inflammation, how ketones help to produce more mitochondria, which creates more ATP and energy. There is a science, but there's also an art to keto. My job, my responsibility, and my duty is to bridge the gap between the science and art of keto. The science is clear. This is what the science shows. However, we are unique as human beings where we have a unique health history. We have unique goals. We have different lifestyles and genetics that also play a role. So that's where the art comes into play. And I want to teach you the science and the art of keto. So I decided to put together a free live training where I'm going to tie it all together and outline the four secrets to keto so you could understand the science, but also the art so you could apply it for amazing results. I want to make you the artist. This is a free training taking place on August 25th, which is Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific. It is a live training. It is not a replay. I will be on there teaching you for those who join. Now, here's the thing. We only have room for a certain amount of people who could join this live training. This capacity is going to be reached by the time we start the training. So hopefully you're hearing this on time and you go to ketosismasterclass.com. That is ketosismasterclass.com and register your free spot. Join me. We'll have a 24-hour replay available so we bridge the gap between the science and the art of keto. Make sure you grab pen and paper. Take a lot of notes. This is going to be unlike anything you've attended before. It is a brand new training, and I'm excited to reveal it to you. We'll drop a link for that in the notes down below of this podcast. Okay, let's go right into today's conversation about oxaloacetate with Alan Cash. Alan Cash is a researcher who has studied the energy pathways associated with caloric restriction. He's extensively researched the use of oxaloacetate as a caloric restriction mimetic. He's also an Inc. 500 company founder and CEO, Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year finalist, Deloitte Technology Fast 50, and awarded Top 100 Hot Firm. Just a quick reminder, none of the advice on this podcast is medical advice, so please don't take it as such. Here is Alan Cash. Alan Cash, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you very much, Ben. So I was just telling you offline, I came across your work through my mentor, Dr. Pampa, who my audience are very much familiar with. He's been on my show several times, and he did a great interview with you on oxaloacetate and your product, Benjane, and that got me really fascinated with it, and I started taking it, and we're going to dive deep into some of the cool research you're doing, but before we get into that, how did you even stumble across this molecule, Alan? Uh, well, stumble is a good word. Uh Literally, huh? <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be good, be lucky. I got sick. You know, it, it happens to all of us at some point in time. And uh, I had a condition where it was essentially caused by aging. 
And I was very fortunate they were able to fix the problem through uh, brain surgery. But it made me wonder as a physicist, why we age? What can we do about it? And unfortunately, there's not a lot. One of the things when I did a, a big overview of the uh, aging scenario, the only thing I found at that time, which was in the early 2000s, was uh, calorie restriction. That's where you eat about 25% less than you normally would. And when we do that to animals, they live about 25% longer. Uh, and it was, it was very weird. You know, it was first discovered early on in the 1930s, I think, at Cornell University. And who would have thought that if you give an animal less energy, that they'd live longer? I mean, it just, it's, it's not intuitive at, at all. So uh, we started looking at the uh, pathways of calorie restriction as, as far as uh, energy production at uh, UCSD, at the Williams Lab. And what we saw was really interesting. Uh, at that time, Sinclair and, and uh, Lenny Garante uh, at MIT, uh, Dave Sinclair at, at Harvard, were doing a bunch of work with uh, worms. And they saw that if they increased the NAD to NADH ratio, these worms were living longer. And they were proving that up with uh, genetic manipulation, uh, which... I, I looked at that and I, I thought, you know, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So I started looking for compounds that would change the NAD to NADH ratio. Uh, and NAD is, is nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, which is why we call it NAD, because imagine saying that in every sentence. Oh, my gosh. And um, what they are is, is they're an energy currency it allows an electron to go back and forth and this helps to drive reactions in your body in in every cell of your body so um in looking through the metabolic pathways specifically the energy pathways we identified two compounds uh oxaloacetate was one of them and uh it, it was funny you know i'm I'm not a biologist, so I went over to a friend of mine uh, who is a top-level biologist. He's now at uh, UCLA. And uh, I sat down in his office and I said, you know, I came up with this idea where we could change the NAD to NADH ratio using oxaloacetate, and here are the papers that support that and why we want to do that. And he just looked at me like, and then without saying a word, he, he stood up and walked out of his office. <laughs> I, I thought, oh my God, I've really embarrassed myself here. And then he poked his head back in the office and said, well, come on. And uh, I got up and uh, followed him downstairs. And he went to this big steel door and took out a big key ring and opened up the steel door. And... Uh, Behind that was a huge laboratory, and uh, this was his lab, and he went over to one of the benches and just took his arm and just, like, moved everything aside and said, this is your spot. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, we'll try it. 
I mean, how do you know unless you try it? And I said, well, I'm, I'm not a biologist. And uh, he said, uh, how tough can it be? We'll get a bunch of flies. We'll feed them oxaloacetate. And they'll either be feet up or feet down. And you'll count them and you'll see if they live longer. So we ended up starting with uh, little worms, C. elegans, because the genetics are a little bit better known. Uh, we can follow along in some of the pathways because they're a lot simpler than flies. Flies are actually fairly complex. And I started counting worms and learning how to uh, raise worms on little Petri dishes. Uh, my wife thought I had gone insane. And, uh, but everybody should have a hobby. So then we started adding in oxaloacetate to these worms and they live longer. And the uh, guy I was working with said, okay, I'm going to put a couple of postdocs on this. And uh, they repeated my work and they, they saw the same thing. Uh, so then the question started, okay, well, maybe oxaloacetate, maybe they don't like the taste of it. And so they eat less. And that would be another way to, to calories. So we had to film these worms as they were eating uh, along the plate and then count the number of times that they, they ate something. And, and it turned out they actually ate just a little bit more than the control group. And yet they still lived about 25% longer. There was a, another scientist that repeated some of my work. Instead of doing it on agar plates, they did it in a, uh, a, a water bath uh, with these worms. And they got up to a 50% increase in lifespan. Wow. So that was kind of cool. And uh, so yeah, we published didn't you, didn't you cry when you, when you saw those results? Didn't you cry? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I mean, it, it was pretty cool. You, you, you don't extend lifespan of a species uh, very often. And uh, it, it was funny. Dave Sinclair actually came to our lab and... Uh, it, it was funny. It was very early on, and and uh, we showed him the work in in worms, and he goes, "Wow!" And then we showed him we did some work in flies, and wow! And then we showed him the work in mice. He goes, "Wow!" He goes, "You've joined the club," and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know there was a club." So it, you know, it was, it was it was kind of fun, and uh, that's a great club to be in. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's fun, and uh, then we tried to figure out why, you know, what was exactly going on. So we started ordering worms from Worm Base, where you can have one of the genes disabled. Pretty cool uh, resource, and uh, we did that, and then repeated the experiments and and saw which ones lived longer and which ones didn't, and and the ones that didn't live longer we knew that disabling that gene, you know, that told us something. So we finally figured out that we were putting the oxaloacetate in. It was going and, and breaking down into something called malate, which is another metabolite. And it was doing that through an enzyme called malate dehydrogenase. And as part of that reaction, it was taking NADH and turning it into NAD+. So it was changing the, the redox. And 
I wasn't the first person who thought of that. That the first person who thought of that was actually a guy named Hans Krebs, uh, who's the Krebs cycle is named after him. And uh, in 1968, he published a paper showing that if you put oxaloacetate into these cells, uh, it increases the NAD to NADH ratio uh, by 900% in two minutes. That's huge. That's huge. Uh, very powerful. Can you can you explain why that it's important to create that ratio? Like, what is the benefit of having that ratio increase that way? Well, it turns out that increase it's called the redox of the cell and when you change the redox of the cell various proteins turn on and turn off so one of them is uh, amp protein activated kinase or ampk again we say ampk because we want to have a conversation that doesn't last a century and in turning on AMPK, it does a, a lot of different things. That actually changes the uh, gene expression of the cell towards a more calorie-restricted gene expression. So decreasing the NAD to NADH ratio is like eating a bunch of McDonald's supersized hamburgers. If you want to go the other way and do a little bit of calorie restriction, you want to increase the NAD to NADH ratio. So we were figuring out the basic signaling pathway uh, that's responsible for, for the changes we see in calorie restriction. And one of those changes is increasing in, in lifespan. So you don't get that many other ways. Increasing AMPK does other things or activating AMPK, the drug metformin does this. And that helps with people that have diabetes uh, to lower their fasting glucose levels. So one of the things we looked at when we, we did see this increase in lifespan is, is has anyone ever given oxaloacetate to a, a human being? And it turns out in the 1960s in Japan, they did a clinical trial uh, in diabetics with oxaloacetate uh, with type 1 and type 2 diabetics. And across the board, they found that it lowered fasting glucose levels and did not have any side effects. And I thought, you know, wow, you know, here's a natural human compound that lowers fasting glucose levels in type 1 and type 2 diabetics. Why doesn't everyone know about this? And there are a couple of reasons. I actually flew to Japan to, to try to unravel that mystery and uh, met with uh, the department uh, that put out the paper. The actual author had passed away because uh, it was from the 1960s, but they were familiar with the paper. I, I held it up and I said, is this your paper? And they said, yes, that's our paper. Who are you? And... Uh, you know, luckily they spoke English much better than uh, I spoke Japanese. And uh, I said, well, I'm, you know, I flew over from the United States to see if, if you knew about this paper. And they said, yeah, our department prepared that paper. And I said, there was no follow-on work and uh, I haven't been able to find anything. And they said, no, there was no follow-on work. And I said, did, did someone die? And, and uh, they said, no, 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 no. Um, 
they said, uh, it's a natural compound. And uh, I said, yeah, I said, it's a natural human compound. It's in, it's in every cell of our body. We just have to give it a little bit more. And they said, yeah, no patents. And, and that was the end of our discussion. So just because you can't patent something doesn't mean that it's not important. Um, but that's why it wasn't developed into a, a drug at that time. The, the other problem with oxaloacetate, and we had a heck of a time with this at the beginning, is if you take a jar of oxaloacetate and put it on the table, uh, in a week it will be gone because it spontaneously breaks down into pyruvate, which is another metabolite, non-toxic, you know, and carbon dioxide, which is, you know, in the levels that you produce are also non-toxic. But even though it's non-toxic, it's not oxaloacetate. So that was a problem in working with this. And what we found is that oxaloacetate is actually made up of uh, two different molecules. Uh, one is in a straight line, uh, four carbons, so very small molecule, uh, four carbons in a straight line. That's the keto version. Like I see your book, Keto Flex, behind you. Ha ha, the keto version. And then the other one was in the uh, enol form, which is uh, the four carbons, and there's a, a double bond in there uh, in the carbons. And the enol form is stable, and the keto form spontaneously just breaks apart. And there's an enzyme in the body uh, that allows these two compounds to go back and forth and, and stabilize. Uh, it's called enoketotomerase, you know, a, another one of those weird words. That's great. And, and what it does is it, it allows more of this or more of this depending upon the pH where it's at. So like in your lungs, the pH is different than in your stomach, which is different than in your bloodstream. And oxaloacetate kind of uh, just reacts back and forth and, and stabilizes. So we thought, well, we'll just make it in the enol form. We'll synthesize it in a lab in the enol form so we can get the stable version. And in a week, it was gone. Hmm. Because what had happened is there was another catalyst that was present that allowed the enol oxaloacetate to go into the keto oxaloacetate. And then the keto oxaloacetate was gone until it was all gone. And we found out that that catalyst was water. So just atmospheric water uh, coming into our product uh, was enough to degrade it. So now we make it in an anhydrous enol form without water. We shield it from water with, with desiccant packs and we seal the bottles. And uh, in that way, we get a two to three year shelf life uh, we also found that ox the oxaloacetate was, could also be stabilized a little bit with uh, ascorbic acid, uh, which which helped uh, with stability. So we made a combination of oxaloacetate and ascorbic acid and put it into capsules. And then the question was, well, how much do you give people? Hmm. So we went back to the clinical trial work that was done in Japan, and because we were looking at, at 
using this as an anti-aging supplement. We wanted the lowest dose that was proven effective. And, and the reason we wanted to go with the lowest dose is because we figured people would be taking this the rest of their lives. And, and you know, the way to reduce risk is to take the, the lowest dose that actually makes a difference. So in that trial, they, they did 100 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams. There were no problems with any of that. It all helped reduce fasting glucose levels. And uh, so we came out with a 100 milligram dose product and put that in the market first in Canada. Uh, and then we brought it into uh, the United States as a, a new dietary ingredient. So that's how we kind of got started with the uh, oxaloacetate. Pretty, pretty crazy story. It is crazy. And it's impressive. I love the commitment to stabilize it. Hey, Keto Camper, it is time to get your shift together. What do I mean? Sugar Shift is a unique probiotic designed as a working system to convert the sugars, glucose, and fructose in your gut to the free radical scavenger mannitol, which also feeds a healthy gut microbiome, supports the mitochondria, and by the way, it increases the production of butyrate, which helps protect the gut lining and is one of the main ketone bodies. You heard of it, beta-hydroxybutyrate. This is one of my favorite formulas. It's an eight-strain formula built as a working system to provide specific gut functions, and it's unique in its probiotic formulation. One of my favorite things about this product is that it breaks down and detoxifies glyphosate. The product also includes strains that has been shown to improve muscle mass and support changes in body mass. I've used it with several of my Keto Camp Academy students, and they have reported to me it's helped them with their sugar cravings. It helped them with their transition from sugar burner to fat burner. Helps to keep them in ketosis and take the results to another level. Helps when they hit a plateau. Improves digestion. In a recent study, BiotaQuest, the company that makes Sugar Shift, showed huge improvements in blood sugar reduction, A1C reduction, also reducing LPS, which is an endotoxin that can create inflammation in your body. If you'd like to get your hands on a bottle of Sugar Shift from BiotaQuest, head to BiotaQuest.com, which is spelled B-I-O-T-I-Q-U-E-S-T, and then put the coupon code CAMP, K-A-M-P-1-0 at checkout, and also check out their other products as well. We'll drop links down below with the coupon code in the podcast notes. You developed the product Benengine, which is the one I'm holding up here for those watching on YouTube which is the 100 milligrams of oxaloacetate. A couple of questions. Number one, ascorbic acid. Is there any concern with ascorbic acid and throwing off copper to iron ratio? Or is the amount in here not high enough to throw anything off? Uh, it's a great question. At, at some of our, lately we've been using a much higher dose of oxaloacetate to, to look at uh, disease states. This was a, a very mild nutritional supplement meant to keep healthy people healthy. In our disease state investigations, we go up to as, as much as 6,000 milligrams a day. And at that point, we omit the ascorbic acid entirely. Um, most of the work we're doing now centers around 1,500 to uh, 2,000 milligrams a day. 
um, in, in clinical trials. Uh, but again, we, we uh, leave the uh, ascorbic acid out. But generally, 150 milligrams of ascorbic acid is not enough to really do anything unless you are very, very sensitive to vitamin C. And, and it's very rare, but it, it does happen occasionally. You know that if you drink like a glass of orange juice and you feel like, like terrible. So those people should not take this product, but it's very, very small. I mean, that's like, you know, one person per million or something like that. It, it, it's very small. It's very small. Yeah, great. Great to know. That was my thoughts exactly that the amount in there is not enough to do anything uh, negative and the pros far outweigh the cons, especially with the oxaloacetate. Now, a lot of the people who do who are in my community, Alan, uh, the, I call them the keto campers, our amazing community. We do keto, we do a lot of intermittent fasting. And a lot of the reason why a lot of the reasons why people choose to do fasting is because of the benefits that you explain the AMPK, the autophagy. So can you speak on your product in relation to fasting? Would it be best to use it during a fast? Should you have it after before a meal? Will it help with postprandial glucose? So what's the best use for somebody who practices intermittent fasting? The, the best use of oxaloacetate is to use it every day. Uh, because what we're trying to do there, there are two effects here. One is a pharmacological effect, and we can see that in, in reducing fasting glucose levels and, and also some mood issues that, that improve, and that, that happens almost immediately. But we're also shooting for genomic effects. You know, your DNA stays the same. It pretty much doesn't change. I mean, every once in a while, there's a mutation here and there, but for the most part, your DNA is your DNA. But what your DNA is expressing, these proteins, uh, changes all the time, and it changes in response to environment. So, you know, before we understood this, there was a big concern, you know, well, is this because of environment or is this because of heredity? Well, it turns out they work together. Your environment actually changes the proteins that are expressed in your system uh, and in your cells, and it's it's a big change. It's actually about ten percent of the total genes that are out there uh, change when you calorie restrict or when you do intermittent fasting or when you take a calorie restriction mimetic. So, in order to get those gene changes, these proteins are produced in very small amounts, and it takes a while to you know, build the system to get those proteins and get them to the cells and, and whatnot. So typically we start seeing genomic responses in 30 to 45 days. So rather than when to take it and how to take it, just take it, just take it every day. Uh, that's, that's the secret. Got it. hundred milligrams per day is a great uh, dosage. Have you seen any research or have you done any clinical studies on taking it before a meal and it reducing postprandial glucose? Um, we have. I published some of that work a while back. What we see when you take oxaloacetate on a daily basis is as baseline, your glucose fluctuations do this throughout the day. Uh, you know, if, if you eat a big meal, 
your glucose levels go up and then insulin's released and your glucose levels go way down. And so you've got, you've got this normal swing and in people that don't have diabetes, uh, that swing is, is very moderate, uh, with people with diabetes and, and some other medical conditions, the swing gets really high and then really low and then really high and then really low. And that's a problem because when it's really low, you, you don't feel well because, you know, you don't have energy to do stuff and, and your brain is screaming at you, I'm hungry. And when it's really high, that's not good either because it having that, that high amount of glucose that's circulating in your bloodstream, it hooks up with other proteins like glycosylation, I believe is the term. I'm, I'm not sure that I, I may have made a mistake there, but it's something like that. Advanced uh, ages, advanced glycation end products. Yeah, exactly. And, and that messes up all that work that your cells have done to make those wonderful proteins to run your body. And it's kind of a random thing. It's like a shotgun, you know, oh, no, you know, we've taken out this protein and we've taken out this protein. And over time, it, it causes a lot of damage. And, and that's one of the reasons why diabetics have, you know, peripheral neuropathy and, and, and other issues that, that just get worse over time if they don't control their blood glucose levels. So what we've seen with oxaloacetate is it increases the production of some genes that help to stabilize that, like the uh, FOXO3A gene uh, deals with glucose homeostasis. And when you take oxaloacetate on a regular basis, we were able to reduce the amount of swing through the day uh, by 55%, which wow. is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Was that in uh, diabetics or, or healthy individuals? That happened to be in, in diabetics. In healthy individuals, what we see more is an increase in, in endurance. So we have a lot of athletes that, uh, including some Olympic athletes, that take oxaloacetate about 15 minutes before they compete uh, with about 100 to 200 calories of food. And the effect, the, the increase in endurance effect lasts for about two hours in, in normal people. And at that point, they just, they just take more if, if they're still playing. And when you think about it, we, we, we did some tests on this with uh, muscle cells at UCSD. And we, we mounted the muscle cells onto transducer plates that can measure the force of the muscle. And then we did the old frog legs experiment where you, you know, you electrify the muscle and it, ching, and um, you do that over and over and over again to the single muscle cell and you can plot the force versus time. And, and for a while it, it, it just does the same thing. But then after a certain amount of time, the amount of force drops off and that's when the muscle goes into fatigue. And interestingly, if we add oxaloacetate to the solution, we can make that muscle go into fatigue about 10% later. Now, you know, you think 10%, you know, that's not that much, but if you're in an athletic competition, 
that is usually determined by less than a half a percent between the participants, especially at the very highest levels, a 10% increase in endurance is huge. It's game changer. Which is why, yeah, why we have a bunch of athletes that, that take this uh, and, you know, weekend warriors too. That's super interesting. Um, I want to transition, Alan, into a topic that is very popular in my community. So the way that we teach keto and intermittent fasting is we view, view them as tools. We're not dogmatic about it. We like to practice keto flexing, which is, that's my book, Going In and Out of Ketosis, Metabolic Flexibility. Same thing with fasting. It's just as important to have the feasting and eating enough quality food. Now, one of the things we've seen is women who have a menstrual cycle the week before their period, they tend to struggle when they try to push it and do a lot of fasting and do a lot of keto that week before their period. And what we've educated them on is to increase their healthy carbs, to make some hormonal conversions for a couple of reasons, progesterone and estrogen. But something that I came across with your work is part of the brain, the cerebellum, that is requiring glucose. And that's part of the reason why they're experiencing cravings. So I'd love for you to explain that a little bit and then talk about your product, Jubilance, as a, as a solution. Wow. You uh, you have done a deep dive into us. And, and uh, it's interesting that you've been getting those anecdotal reports from women. We had some doctors that uh, let us know that uh, women who were taking uh, Benagene, their PMS went away. And being a guy... I said, oh, okay. And and the doctor's like, no, you don't understand. These women have to hide for three days a month because if they're around anyone that they work with, they'll get fired. And I was like, really? And we started looking into this and found out that this is a problem that's not talked about very much. And it's it affects about 20 to 30% of the population, depending upon how you define it, of, of childbearing women. Uh, and then of that population, 10% have, have something called PMDD, which is, is really very serious. You know, they've got suicidal thoughts, they you know, they have to hide for a week or so. And, and this happens every day or every month since they were 13 years old. And now they're in their thirties. You can imagine what the quality of life is like. And so we started looking this and, and trying to understand what was going on. Part of what we saw is, is there was a, a, a nice clinical trial done at UCLA that did brain scanning in women right at that time that, that they would be having emotional problems and uh, comparing them to women at the same time that, that just didn't have PMS and uh, any of these emotional problems. And they saw a huge difference in the brains. And, and typically in the, in the past, we thought that PMS was due to hormonal issues because it happened every month and it happened at the same time. And, and you could put it on a calendar and say, oh, this is going to be a bad couple of days. But it seems like the hormones help with the timing of things. 
but the actual problem appears to be linked to, to these these brain issues. And what they saw is the women who had emotional issues, their cerebellum, the, the back of their brain, the kind of the lizard brain we used to call it, that's where they they need more glucose. You look at the, the PET scans and, and it just lights up like a Christmas tree. They are burning through so much glucose. So if you can give them glucose, all of a sudden they feel better, which is why these women are reaching for chocolate, why they're reaching for carbohydrates, because they need, they just need more glucose at that time. And unfortunately, the way our bodies process carbohydrates and, and, and sugars is they break it down you 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 get this this big rush of 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 glucose through your system your insulin is released and all of a sudden you go from very high to very low and your mood gets even worse so it works for about 15 20 minutes and then in a half hour you feel so much worse than you did before and instead, what the oxaloacetate's doing is it's going, you, you, you take it orally, it goes into the stomach, it goes first pass into the liver, and then oxaloacetate allows the conversion of fatty acids that circulate through your system into glucose. So you're actually able to make glucose at these times when you need it to feed your heart and feed your brain, especially during fasting. So this is really important because we see, and so we, we did a clinical trial in this. We, we didn't know what we, what we'd see, you know, if, if there was a 10% improvement, we thought, you know, that would be pretty amazing because a lot of these women are dealing with anxiety and depression and uh, anger and suicidal ideation what we saw and this was a uh, uh, placebo controlled double blinded crossover trial where you start them off with with the oxaloacetate and another group with with a placebo and then you you cross them over and see if there's differences uh, so top level trial we saw over a 50 percent reduction in depression and anxiety, and a 48% reduction in suicidal ideation, which means this product is, is saving some lives. It's saving some lives. And it's all about glucose maintenance. It's all about instead of doing this, you know, doing this. And who would have thought, you know, that, that, longevity research would lead to a product that uh, women are telling us that their lives are now changed. You know, it's amazing. The, the first month they try this, I'd get an email and they'd, they'd list out all the wonderful things that happened to them and, and they didn't know it was coming and, and they forgot about it and their husband thought that they were wonderful. And the next month, I'd get another email just saying it's still working. I can't believe it. You know, maybe this is the real thing because I've tried so many other things and nothing's worked. And then like the third month, you'd get an email just like one line, 
send more. And, and that's what you want. With these women, it's such a big part of their lives trying to, to manage their emotions, trying to manage that time period when they know things are going to be tough, when, when the smallest little things just, just seem like a huge burden to them. And to not have that, to have that freedom, to have that removed, that burden removed, they just go on with their lives then. And, and that's a really wonderful thing. It's absolutely amazing and wonderful because it improves their quality of life, not just them, but their relationships. To your point, you know, they might lose their job if, if they were out of line or, you know, got aggressive or their relationships are improved. So the product is called Jubilance and um, it, it's different than the Benagene. I take the Benagene. My fiance actually takes the Jubilance. That's a really fascinating study, by the way, the clinical study you just referenced. Did you know that your natural ability to digest food declines with age? This is because your body produces fewer enzymes, which are the proteins responsible for digesting food. Fewer enzymes means more difficulty digesting food. This is especially true if you cook your food because cooking kills enzymes. This is why you may have a digestive problem even after a healthy meal. It could be a keto meal or a carnivore meal. Sometimes you just can't produce enough enzymes to get the job done. This is where supplementing with a high-quality enzyme supplement can be a huge help. I personally recommend and use Masszymes by Bioptimizers. It's a best-in-class supplement loaded with full-spectrum enzymes for digesting proteins, starches, sugars, fibers, and fats. Taking Masszymes daily helps to top off your enzyme levels and replaces the enzymes your body is no longer producing, which means you'll be able to eat all sorts of delicious keto and carnivore foods and digest them effortlessly. After you start taking Masszymes, you may notice that you no longer feel bloated after meals and your belly feels flatter. And if you have leaky gut, Masszymes could reduce gut irritation and help you absorb more nutrients. If you want freedom from your food, try Masszymes risk-free and experience for yourself the magic of high-quality enzymes. For an exclusive offer to Keto Camp Podcast listeners, head over to masszymes.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code KETOCAMP10 at checkout for 10% off your order. It's spelled M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S dot com slash ketocamp. We'll drop a link down below with the coupon code. I know you've done a lot of clinical studies and you're still doing more. Yeah, we're doing studies. Wow. And what has been the most surprising benefit you've seen from oxaloacetate? Um, well, other than increasing lifespan in worms, you know, it's too bad we're not worms. We, we, we have no idea if oxaloacetate will increase human lifespan. Um, because we don't know if calorie restriction will increase uh, lifespan. Um, we suspect it will, uh, because in some of the trials that were done, we see a decrease in atherosclerosis, which is the number one killer in America. And, you know, if you just decrease that, you should see an increase in, in survival. So that's pretty big, but we don't know if it works for sure, because, I mean, think, think about it. You'd have to do a 99-year test. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have that much time to wait. Um, maybe I do. 
Now, are there are there things you can do, Alan, to to measure cellular health with the oxaloacetate, like telomere testing, inflammatory markers? Like, what about that? Um, well, interesting on, on telomere testing. Uh, as we get to uh, higher and higher animals, you know, like it, it, certainly that will increase lifespan in, in worms and 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 some other creatures like that you get up to like mice or rats and increasing telomere length doesn't increase lifespan uh, because that's not the limiting factor unless unless they have a chronic disease where they're turning over their cells a lot and and then telomere lengthening can be very helpful uh, but if you're normal that's not the uh, the, the weak link at this point, you know, it may be in the future as we figure out ways to increase lifespan. You know, as far as, as inflammation, we did some uh, cellular work with oxaloacetate. And one of the things we found is that it can reduce this one inflammation pathway, uh, which is called NF kappa B, uh, which is like a major inflammation pathway in your body. So if you turn that on, then what happens is this, this protein, NF-kappa B, translocates from the uh, cytoplasm into the nucleus, and it opens up the chromatin, and it turns on the genes that lead to the inflammation response. And that's very important because there are times that we need, you know, like if you get COVID or if if you are in a car wreck and you need to do a bunch of repairs to your tissues um, or if you're, you know, just have a cold. So it, it's, it's a good thing to be able to do that. Some people don't turn that off. And and that's a real problem. Uh, that It's like autoimmune issues. Uh, and and things like uh, we're beginning to think things like uh, long COVID and uh, chronic fatigue syndrome uh, are related to that too. This is uh, this is also in relation to to this like cellular da- it's the cells are in this cellular danger response, right? The mitochondria are essentially in this wartime yeah, metabolism. Yeah, yeah. I think Bob, Bob Navio at at uh, UCSD came up with that idea and. Uh, uh, I was talking to Bob, and and he said, you know, I've been looking at oxaloacetate, Alan, and and uh, he said you need to talk to some of these people that uh, are are doing long COVID and and chronic fatigue syndrome. And here, talk to da- Dr. David Kaufman. I said, okay. So I, I called up Dr. Kaufman and and uh, told him what we had going on, and told him about the fact that you know some of some of our customers uh, had chronic fatigue syndrome, and they reported to me that oxaloacetate helped them get through their day. And uh, he said, "Hmm, he's he's David. David's at the Center for Complex Disease, and he's also on, you know, advisory panel at Stanford and at Harvard for chronic fatigue uh, syndrome. Uh, smart guy, obviously, and." Uh, he uh, he said, you know, have you ever, you know, tried this at higher dosage in 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 chronic fatigue patients uh, or long COVID patients? And uh, I said, you know, no, 
not not at super high doses. We we've done some work in cancer uh, research at super high doses, but he said, "Well, let's let's try it." So we we tried it in a couple of his patients, and I, I don't know how familiar you or your audience is with chronic fatigue syndrome. It's no one really talks about it. There, are, according to the Center for Disease Control, there are 2.5 million Americans with chronic fatigue syndrome. 2.5 million, and uh, you know. So we uh, we put together a clinical trial, uh, David and I, and uh, we ended up doing uh, about 120 people in. Uh, high dosage oxaloacetate. And these were uh, primarily women because women get it more often than men. Uh, there was like 76% women. Average age was in the like late 40s, early 50s, I think. And the length of time that they'd had chronic fatigue syndrome was uh, on average 8.9 years. Years. Some of these patients had it for 30 years. And you can imagine over a 30-year time frame, the number of things that they tried to make it better. Um, and so, you know, we, we didn't go into this trial thinking that we were going to see anything amazing, but we did. We saw anywhere from 1,000 to 3,000 milligrams of oxaloacetate a day help these patients, you know, that had had it for many, many years. Within six weeks, the average reduction in fatigue was 25 to 30%. And that's life-changing for these people. Some of them were super responders where... We tested them for fatigue, and and they tested normal. You you do that for somebody who's had fatigue for thirty years. I I had one guy that <laughs> he he felt so good he went out and ran five miles. I was like, what are you thinking? You know, because a lot of times these these people, if they overdo, then they crash, and and they they're not good for a month afterwards. Post-exertional malaise is, is what we term it. And he said, no, I don't have that. He said, I, I feel great, and, and I'm, I want to do it again tomorrow. I'm like, no, no, just take it easy. Let's, let's see how this is going. So we just submitted that uh, information uh, on both chronic fatigue uh, syndrome, uh, ME-CFS patients, and we also did an arm with uh, long COVID patients. And a lot of people are starting to think that chronic fatigue syndrome and, and long COVID are very, very similar, if not exactly the same. And we saw the same thing in long COVID patients, uh, except that it was easier to treat them, probably because they haven't been sick for 30 years. And uh, we saw, I, I think, a 45% decrease in fatigue in six weeks uh, with a lower dosage of oxaloacetate with uh, 500 milligrams twice a day. So we, we just got word this week that uh, the Journal of Translational Medicine, which is uh, a Nature Springer publication, 
is uh, going to publish this probably within the next couple of weeks. I'll, I'll send you a copy when, uh, and it'll be open access, so so you can post it or or your your people can pull this up. And it talks about the uh, clinical trial that we did, and you know it's so astounding that we said, okay, you know this was one trial, let's do another. So we hired the Bateman Horn Center in Salt Lake City to do another uh, placebo-controlled, randomized, a uh, double-blinded trial of the oxaloacetate in chronic fatigue patients. And we're doing a lot of other things uh, also. We're, we're taking blood samples as the trial goes on so we can see how their metabolites change. We've got a, a device on their on their ankle so that we can measure the amount of time that they're up or laying down. We're doing heart rate variability, uh, so we're looking at that. And of course, we're, we're measuring fatigue through standardized uh, validated questionnaires like the Chalder Fatigue Score. And so that should be done by the end of the year. And then we've got another trial in MECFS coming up well, it's actually ongoing right now at, at uh, Mount Sinai in, in New York City, where they're doing brain scans and they're trying to see the difference uh, that oxaloacetate makes in, in these patients. Um, so we've got a lot going on. And because of this important work and, and because we established that patients with chronic fatigue syndrome have a shortage of oxaloacetate in their blood plasma, we can put out a medical food for these patients. Uh, it, we call it oxaloacetate CFS, and it's 500 milligram capsules uh, in a 90-count bottle. So it's it's very, very powerful. And, and uh, as a medical food, you have to have oversight from your physician. But it's it's giving some hope to these patients that haven't seen much. In, in... Alan, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and, and hopefully it works in the long COVID patients too, because I, I was just at a conference here in San Diego called Bio, which is a big conference. And they were talking, they, they were estimating the number of long COVID patients in the U.S. is somewhere between 8 to 12 million right now. It's awful. Yeah, it's it's like the zombies are here and, and you know, we we don't know what to do with them. Yeah, and there's there's several in my in my academy that have long COVID symptoms. In my group of doctors that I work with, a lot of patients have it as well. So this is super fascinating and breakthrough uh, clinical studies. And when you get that paper, yeah, please send it over to me, and we'll we'll include it in the notes. For those of you who want to get Benagene and or Jubilance, which is your two products, um, we have it on our, our Revelation Health website, which is ketocampsupplements.com. So we'll put a link down below. Are you planning on working on any uh, other new supplements or are these the main one that you want to focus on, these two? Well, this, this is, you know, it's kind of strange. I've been, I've been working with the same substance uh, for 15 years uh, and we're still learning new stuff. It turns out that oxaloacetate is a uh, signaling molecule and this has just been fleshed out over the last two years, it's not the oxaloacetate itself, it's the amount that's in your cells, and it changes metabolism. So when we 
For instance, in, in cancer cells, when we increase the levels of oxaloacetate, it reverses something called the Warburg effect. Now, Otto Warburg was this guy from the 1930s, a German scientist, brilliant guy, and he found that most solid cancers exhibit this effect where they take in much more glucose into their cells and they burn that glucose uh, not in the mitochondria, but they ferment it in the cytosol of the cell. And that produces a lot of lactate. Uh, lately, we know that the lactate exports out of the cell and feeds other tumor uh, cells, which is why it can grow without having a bunch of arteries feed it. And it also allows the cells to transport out of the area. So having this Warburg effect makes tumors not only grow faster, but it makes them more lethal. And oxaloacetate, we've seen in a, a number of papers now, has been able to reverse that uh, and shut that down. So we see tumors growing slower. We see them being less lethal. In our animal tests, the FDA gave us uh, orphan drug designations for both liver cancer and brain cancer and gave us a fast track status for glioblastoma, uh, which is a, a really terrible brain cancer. So we're working with that and uh, we're starting up a clinical trial in that in uh, about two months. And then we're already doing a clinical trial in, in breast cancer, primarily for fatigue, because the same thing that we're seeing in, in chronic fatigue patients, this change in energy metabolism, uh, we want to change it back to normal and see if we can't help people that, that have cancer, that have gone through chemotherapy, that no longer have cancer, but they're left with crippling fatigue and, and brain fog. We're trying to see if we can, if we can turn that around. Super fascinating. And it makes total sense, the the reference to the cancer, because if you look at uh, Dr. Thomas Seafree's work with the, the autophagy, the max autophagy and the tumor shrinking, this helps is like the beginning process of that. So it makes total sense to me. I got two quick questions for you, and then we'll wrap up this awesome conversation. Uh, number one, is this safe to give to pets? Like, can I give my dog a capsule of uh, Benagene or maybe not? <laughs> um, yeah, we... We actually looked at making a product for dogs because a lot of short-nosed dogs die of brain cancer. I never knew that before. But, and it turns out the approval process to do that is just as intense as approving a drug for, for uh, human use and very expensive. So we, we didn't move forward with it. But certainly in our animal trials, our animals live longer. So unlike most animal testing, <laughs> you want to be on this drug. Uh, and uh, we, you know, we had to look and 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 do toxicity tests, and we we did that with rats. And uh, no, the rats uh, ate it up, and and we couldn't give them enough oxaloacetate to see any negative effects in them. Okay, that's interesting. All so, right, yeah, it it would be safe for pets, but we don't recommend it as a diet or as a nutritional supplement. We don't prevent, treat, or cure any disease. Of course. Yeah, it's important to state. And uh, last question for you, 
Alan, is what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful that I've been on this journey, um, this journey that is now helping a lot of people. We're finishing up an ALS trial right now because, again, fatigue is, is a big thing in ALS. And, and I had one patient say to me, you know, I used to have to take three naps a day and now I don't have to take any. And, you know, I, I was in the clinical trial with, with you and I've never, I haven't felt this good in, in two years and thank God, you know, and, and you get one of those emails and it, 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 it just makes your day. And, uh, I thankfully get, get a bunch of them. It's amazing. Yeah, you're doing great work. My audience is blessed now because they just got this information. They're going to go get it and experience what all the benefits you're referring to. I want to acknowledge you, Alan, for the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you so much for being so committed to researching this amazing molecule. I'm grateful we connected and I want to say thank you for educating us today on my show. Thanks, Ben. Hope you enjoyed that awesome, fun conversation with Alan, and maybe you're inspired to give oxaloacetate a shot or his other product, Jubilance. If you're a woman who has menstrual cycle issues or menstrual cycle challenges, you can find his supplements over at ketocampsupplements.com. We'll drop a link for you down below. If you want to watch the video version of this interview that you just listened to, head to youtube.com slash ketocamp, and you could watch that right now. Please share this with somebody you know. Post it on your social media, text it to a friend, and consider leaving the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and review if you haven't done so already. I want to thank you for spending part of your day with Alan and myself. I am super grateful. Have an incredible rest of your day, and I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.